The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Late Night Legends, an internet radio show podcast extraordinaire event. I don't know if that actually captured, but we're going to hope it did. Uh, if it didn't, I got a backup for you, but we're, we should. All right. <laughs> I am Mick. I am joined today by Frank, Wazi, and Allie. And tonight we are going to be discussing Wazi's amazing topic, which she is going to introduce to you right now. So today we're going to be talking about the Snedeker house. Um, when I first read the name of this house, I legitimately, my dyslexic ass, read it as the Sneaker House. Um, so did you not for a good uh, 15 minutes? I was really confused as to what the fuck I was looking up because my dyslexic um, self just did not care to read it more than once or twice um but this is the story that the movie um the haunting in connecticut is based off of um i'm going to be switching between my notes and the camera so you might see me go in and out but audio is going to be fine um it starts with uh carmen and alan Snedeker who basically moved to Southington, Connecticut um, with their three sons, daughter, um, and their two nieces. Some reports say it's their cousin and not the nieces, but there's at least one extra other um, um, extended family relative, I should say. Um, So they move closer to uh, Connecticut and they move into this house mainly because um, the eldest son is diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which basically is a type of cancer that happens in the uh, lymphatic system of the body. Um, And so to be closer to his doctors and also to save more money, um, they moved into this home that we are basically going to be talking about. Um, Upon moving in, one of the things that they saw immediately was that a part of the house had an annex where there were bloody tools and there were uh, beds and gurneys and there were um, also just like peculiar items. Sometimes there would be dolls, there would be other items that like gave it a very morose or morbid um, feel to it. You knew that something wasn't right here. 
some of these things looked bloody or stained bloody, whether they were actually blood or rust um, is pretty tentative. Uh, turns out the house at some point was a funeral home. Oh. It was, uh, basically, so all the stuff that they saw downstairs were at some point used in the embalming process for actual corpses. Um, and obviously, as we've mentioned many times on the podcast, you know, that's some energy that stays, especially if you're going to be in a house full of the dead. Um, so obviously, rightfully so, there was a lot of activity that followed after. So some of the activity that followed, I should say, were but not limited to, um, you know, Carmen, the mom hearing lots of different like disembodied voices throughout the house. Um, the kids all would claim of seeing an apparition, a man with like really long black hair. Um, he would have white eyes. And then there was another report of an apparition that had like a pinstripe suit on, had white hair, white eyes, very creepy. The kids could not basically sleep. Um, and then the eldest son who was diagnosed with cancer, um, Hopkins lymphoma, he basically was also exhibiting a lot of symptoms throughout, um, the time of his radiation where he, uh, he would be having violent outbursts. He would be, um, saying things, uh, that he necessarily was just like, I, I don't understand like why. I'm feeling this way, something's taking over me, and I'm saying really rude and aggressive um, sentiments towards my family. Um, this was also at a time where he did have reports of having schizophrenia. So, like, the fact that this was appearing to him, but also, like, for him to agree and say, like, yeah, this is not a part of the, the delusions that I usually see. This is something that's happening beyond me. Um, but it's also very interesting to see the fact that like he was also directly affected given the fact that he was the most sick out of all of them well he was the only one that was sick um but then unfortunately the happenings and the activity does get a little bit more darker and a little bit more um physical on like like it becomes hands-on really because uh carmen and then carmen's daughter claim that they get raped oh, um geez. or get sexually oh, assaulted geez. by these ghosts oh boy and or these spirits and those such spirits also or such set spirits also um give off very like rotting decaying smells throughout the house uh that like the blood there would be blood that appears but then disappears almost like ectoplasm but not really um the husband alan has also claimed that he has been sodomized too oh my God. um unfortunately so it just gets darker and darker and darker and then there were certain uh there were certain insinuations to necrophilia being involved as well as obviously like you're seeing so much sexual assault happen with the living already um turns out at some point in the history one of the funeral directors or one of the employees that worked for the funeral home or at the time that the home was a funeral home um was found guilty 
and accused of necrophilia. Oh. To make everything much more worse, like you have all that energy transferring on as well. So this continues on and on and on to the point where um, the activity, like the activity is getting to a point where it's getting the attention of um, famous couple Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, and obviously they've been in the Amityville Horror case, which was actually in Connecticut as well not too far away from their own Connecticut home. Um, so they also did play a huge part in riling up the, the media part of all of it. Um, but as it gained fame and obviously as the Warrens got involved, this became a case where like everybody was questioning the legitimacy of everything. Uh, contrary to what everybody was saying or the inhabitants that were living in the house, um, I there were some reports that were saying like they had like a second occupant living at home, like a, I guess I'm like, they're renting a part of the house out to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and in those reports, they, that said occupant never had anything happen to them. Neither did they ever experience any of these paranormal activities that everybody else is saying that, or at least like the Seneca family is saying that they've, um, had experienced, but, it does like and then when they do investigate it more they get reports of like nobody being able to keep their story straight so somebody's saying one occurrence another person is saying another occurrence or they might be describing the same thing but it's completely different than what the collective story was so it became like every other case that the warrens were on it but like obviously with the the Seneca house, um, the Amityville horror house, the uh, the Parent family, the first house that was in the first Conjuring movie, all of these house houses have that in common as well of just like having that. Is it a hoax? Is it really uh, like a demonic force or something that's more dark that's there, that's preying on them and taking advantage of the fact that they could get away with it and the fact that they can be this cynical um or is it just like a combination is it the fact that they do want you know that media attention that publicity um but of course with every case that the warrens have been involved in this one also was one where like if they did make any money off of it or if they did make any fame off of just like being involved in this case they didn't necessarily uh give any credit to the actual family um but again as mentioned before like the family themselves are you know questioned about the legitimacy of the whole thing and the happenings of it but even just like the the fact like that the, the disturbing events of oh yeah there is a spirit here that actually physically assaults me is what is the thing that everybody doesn't want to discredit, but they don't also want to necessarily give the benefit of the doubt because they also like that dynamic of like, how does a spiritual thing or on a different supernatural realm be able to do that on the physical realm to, to a human being to a point where they would feel like that. Um, but overall, like the Seneca house did become famous enough to become a movie or be based 
for a movie, which is the haunting in Connecticut. I believe it's um, the house itself and the family moved in there, I would say, around 1986. I think I saw that movie, but there was nothing about like a sexual ghost. It seemed to me like they cut all of that out. I don't think that was... Maybe it's I saw the wrong movie, but I think I saw that movie, but I don't remember any like ghost sodomy or anything like that. And I think they didn't want to put it in there. I think they just wanted more so of the fact, like they wanted a house and a family where they could base it off of the fact that like all of these things happened or could have tentatively happened. Um, but also like the like you could imagine at that time, just thinking of like, oh, this a ghost is raping me or more so a ghost is raping me, my wife and my daughter. You know, and having that put on screen is something that, like, a lot of people already have such reservations towards the paranormal world. But then, like, to add that in is like, what? Are, some some people would be like, "What are you trying to prove?" And other people would be like, "This makes absolutely no sense." And this is I have a question. Did yeah. they did they like determine that was like an incubus, or I might be saying it wrong, or is no. it just like not getting categorized at all? So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a succubus or an incubus. Um, from ev- from everything that I've read, what it looks like, it's an actual spirit, like a hum- like someone that was alive once um, and now is dead, and is feeding off of all of that energy. But is also like combined with a much more darker energy, given the fact that like it was a funeral home, so you have like all that energy from other dead bodies there still from years and years back. Um, so all of that combined obviously gives that energy to whatever spirit that's inhabiting that space and allowing that to give it power to sexually assault all the members that were mentioned. Whenever, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but whenever a, a haunting gets to that point, is it more dangerous than a regular haunting? Because it's, like, it's violating you more, you know, it's like impacting. Right. I don't I don't know if it's more like physically dangerous than than a quote unquote normal haunting, but I think emotionally you're opening yourself up to so much more just personal trauma. I mean, the, yeah. if you say you're getting raped by the ghost, I would say that's pretty dangerous. Um, I know depending on what's going on, if it's not a ghost and it's like demonic where the demon's goal is that you die and yeah mm-hmm. i can see that as dangerous but i find it interesting that a funeral home is being haunted so much because usually there's a lot of there's a lot of blessing that goes on in those places and uh i feel like ghosts generally tend to want to haunt a place you know where they may have died or, or something significant to them which is usually not the funeral home you know Yeah, it is odd that a funeral home would be a haunted location because I feel like there's so much just like blessings, like you said, that go on there. You'd think that it would be a place where either the spirit, the the person had positive memories and they wanted to stay in that location. Mm -hmm. Or if there was a traumatic death involved, they would stay where the traumatic event happened. But a funeral home seems like a very odd location. It does seem odd. Well, the way I see it is that, you know, many people's bodies are going to go through there, you know? Yeah. 
Like, it might just become like a portal or like a hanging ground. Maybe. Like a hanging out. It just seems like ghosts tend to haunt places that, I mean, a lot of, many people who believe in ghosts uh, would say that ghosts only exist because there's something that's not resolved with them. And if they haunt a, a location, it's usually because that's wherever the lack of resolution would be, right? I don't know, but it's, it seems, I mean, it seems pretty dangerous. Like with the sodomy and the rape. I mean, I wouldn't want to be there. I would say, yeah, I would. I mean, I, with any place at all, regardless of the type of haunting, I would say just steer clear. But I would definitely definitely say say steer clear of those types of places and of those energies especially if you have a trauma related to any type of sexual assault um anything that could possibly trigger you but also if you're just um if you're more uh susceptible to energies like that supernatural energies not um sexual supernatural energies just energies that can try to make you a subordinate or try to get you to subjugate to them um but to men to respond to what you guys were saying earlier it is very interesting with the blessings that go down in a funeral home but also it's like the same thing as a church as well um those places tend to also be extremely haunted especially like abandoned ones and some Are churches generally very haunted i didn't know that are they Usually, usually the energy is very different at night um, than it is in the morning. It's not, I mean, obviously for the the apparent reasons, you know, like it's day and night. But like also there is lots of energy there that's not necessarily welcomed. But they're not demonic energy, they're dark forces that come around. Um, there are abandoned churches where like you will find very dark forces in there and once again because at some point some of these churches that stand have witnessed collectively around the church many things that were negative but also you have masses of people coming in with different emotions and energies and they're coming to a place where they're confessing their sins they're they're letting out all the emotions and the energies that they felt with whatever that they did that sin with that has to go somewhere it doesn't just disappear you know it doesn't just go to the to the priest or the reverend or whoever it is that is listening to you in that confession Um, i can dig it i also have to say like the churches who were like i'm talking about the old grand like um there's a specific word for it. Churches that were built by like the Catholic religions and stuff. Talking about like cathedrals? Um, like the basilicas and stuff. Yeah, that's like a cathedral. Where, like, a lot of, like a lot of the grand ones, you know, were kind of made by forced labor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so- it cost like, for example, some of the big, like, Catholic churches in California, Las Haciendas, mm-hmm. like, a lot of them were made to civilize. I say civilize because you know what they did to the Native Americans. Yeah, I, I like, definitely Like, areas like that have a lot of... I, I know what you're you know, saying. a lot of emotions. Missionaries would move into towns or move into mm-hmm. places 
call the population savages, say they're sinners, they're going right to hell. And then they have to make those people indoctrinate into the church, change their name, change any beliefs they may have had that are natural to their culture. Then, you know, you basically from there on, you're just having them pay their way into heaven sometimes. Or like, that's really what it amounts to is like collective. And yeah. And things like that in itself, like the fact that they're forcing people to assimilate, to believe something in Abrahamic religions, almost like if you look at, uh, if you look at Christianity, you look at Islam, at, at any part of the holy books, at, there has to be a like an excerpt because I know in, in the Quran there is one where it's like you can't force someone to convert or to believe your religion. You can't force someone to do that because then in essence they don't believe that religion. You're they're just doing it for the name or for the status. It's it's an external right. thing. It doesn't come innately and in doing so it, it's blasphemous if you think about it and that energy counters a lot so you're forcing people to you know buy their way into heaven that's not in a religion that's not something that's coming from pure intention and the fact that that in itself is an intention that has thoughts and negative outcomes to it that in itself opens doors. And in a place that's the church, where again, you're having masses of energies, you're having not one person, 10 people coming in daily, you're having hundreds of people flocking in, that energy stays, it goes somewhere. That collectively builds up to a point where it will imprint almost. I guess I can and, see that. And it just opens those doors and it brings that in. So obviously during the daytime, maybe you'll not see anything during the masses when but when mm -hmm. specific um, scriptures are being read, you're not going to hear them or see them. But when it's dark and it's quiet, there's no hymns that are being sung, you know, no scriptures being read. That's when you'll usually hear the noises. That's when they tell you, don't do this. Don't go into a church at this time. Don't look back. You might feel a calling but it's right. not a calling that's from the divine you know but you also have to think about like churches who have statues and stuff it's like it's just a statue when you think about it essentially you know like a statue is not going to do anything for you it's more of a decor yeah made in the image of something i don't know have you guys ever been in a church where you felt like yeah that's not like, obviously, when you walk into a church, they want you to feel special, right? And have yeah. you ever had I don't know. I walk into a church and I feel like I'm just going to burst into flames. Oh, well, yeah. I, I was, yeah, I, I was just gonna, I was going to mention to you guys before the show that I try to do the sign of the cross in front of my girlfriend. She's like, that's not how you do it. I'm like, well, that's because I'm not religious. <laughs> but no, I mean, for me, I, I had a moment a couple of years ago where it's like I went to a local church and they passed the collection plate around twice because there was not enough money to, that was put into it. And I remember just staring at the priest or the minister or the father. I'm not sure what they're called. And I could clearly see he had some New Balance on underneath the robe. I'm like, well, that takes away some of the magic, doesn't it? There. <laughs> <laughs> but I could. Definitely yeah, that, see... that takes that takes away the the mysticism of it all. I could just wearing some comfy New Balance shoes. I could definitely see how a church could be corrupt. Uh, when you think about it, here's a building, the church owns the building, so it's not like there's a mortgage. They're collecting money, but they don't pay taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the electricity bill going to be like? Well, they only use it, you know, one day a week. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's an influx of, of money. Um, I don't know. 
I feel like for people that get something out of religion, that's perfect, you know? I imagine maybe a lot of that scientifically is like a placebo effect. Fine. Uh, for me, I'm agnostic, more or less. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I'd like to, it's like aliens, you know, I'd like to believe aliens are real. So your entire life is that I'd like to believe poster. <laughs> I, I, you know that, you know, the one from the X-Files with the UFOs, yeah. I want to believe it's like that with me, but with Jesus on there. Yeah, no, that's exact. that's exactly what I, yeah, yeah, no, we're on the same page, Frank. <laughs> that's your entire life is that poster. <laughs> By the way, Mick is in charge of drops tonight, so. Oh, we- shit, hold on, let me, let me throw one in uh, there. Yeah, let me see we'll, if we'll hear it. Did you guys hear anything? Definitely didn't hear no. it. I can play a drop. You want me to play a drop? Play a drop. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Got trying he. to figure out these settings. It's okay. Got he. <laughs> Did you guys hear my drop? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how to make you guys hear the drops. They're programmed to my fucking stream deck, which okay. doesn't want to make you hear it. It's not a big deal. Um, for all you know, I've just been over over talking all of you with with just drops left and right. I don't think you'd do us like that. But that's okay. <laughs> just blue screen, blue screen, blue screen, blue screen. We should take we should take an audio clip of the dog that's barking in Allie's background and then put it on a loop. So even if she mutes herself, we'll just keep playing it. To we'll just we'll just hear the dog barking <laughs> nonstop. Well, okay, so I muted myself for a while because I'm sitting like on my countertop. And his food bowl is right next to me. So you could have hear the crunching. And then he's a puppy, so he also bites on his bowl. So it's like crunch, crunch, thud, thud, crunch. Yeah. Sounds like a puppy to me. Wazi, is that is that it mostly for the topic? It's okay if it is. Most- yeah, mostly for the topic, that's what it is. Collectively, all of the like little stuff was just not anything juicy. Like those were like really the juicy parts of the whole thing. It's not as exciting as most of the topics I've done, but I'm like, okay, well, I've been doing a lot of Ed and Lorraine Warren cases, so I thought, why not finish with this yeah, one? There, there's a lot more Ed and Lorraine, those scam artists. Ed and Lorraine. Oh, yes. I love dealing with They have them. They had they definitely have a mixed reputation of some people saying that like they're like scam <laughs> artists, but then other people saying that like they're miracle workers and you have to I mean from their perspective, if there's one person that isn't happy with what they're providing or let's say they help somebody, but then that person wants to gain from you know Ed and Lorraine writing about it or talking about it, and Ed and Lorraine are making some profit from that. That original person is probably going to be want to be like, oh, I want my percentage, right? Oh. But at some point, Ed and Lorraine are going to be like, you know, fuck you, this is ours. Which is why I know that for some of the things that they've talked about over the years or published over the years, they actually don't use real names or locations. They just say, oh, this is what happened. And as a result. Oh. That's when people are like, uh, it sounds like you're kind of full of shit if you can't name drop, you know? So from their perspective, all, all it takes is for one person to sort of ruin it. Because that, you know, somebody were to right. come out and be like, oh, I was the person with that demon on this day in the Connecticut house. And that didn't happen like that. Then they do, they do look like frauds. So like... Also, the neighbors could say something. Like if your neighbor hates you or something, they could be like, oh yeah, they do mess. Like, there's no ghost in there. Yeah, you know, I, I had a morbid thought. Um, so this is a thought I had like a day and a half ago or maybe last night. So like growing up, I've had a lot of pets, basically almost every pet you could imagine because my parents love animals. 
And in my childhood home, which is in Addison, Illinois, whenever one of those pets would die, and I'm talking about like my dad used to like to have pigeons, so like there's a lot of dead pigeons. We had a, oh, geez. We had a couple parrots <laughs> that died. And uh, even our, you know, pet turtles and stuff. We all buried them behind the garage in shallow graves. And we moved out of that house. Like my family moved from there a long ass time ago. And I'm thinking to myself, the, the, the shallow graves for these like parrot skeletons are probably just like two feet deep at most. Probably more like literal one. pet cemetery nonsense. Somebody one day is going to be playing in the backyard behind the garage and they're going to have a bad time when they dig up a parrot skull. <laughs> and I'm just like at 3 a.m. when I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm like, poor kids, don't dig, don't dig. Behind I, I love I love when you're trying to fall asleep in the middle of the night. You're like, you woke up at 3 a.m. and you're trying to fall back asleep and the most random shit pops into your mind. You're like, man, I remember that time I was five years old and I was such a dick to this one kid. Now I wonder if I've traumatized that child. Or where's that pink shirt I haven't worn in a while? Like It's the most random shit that pops into your head at 3 a.m. when you're trying to fall asleep. Actually, Ellie has a point. I think all the time about stuff that I haven't seen in a while that belongs to me. It's like, where the fuck is that thing? Mm -hmm. It's It's either something extremely traumatic or something that you've lost. I feel like those are the two things Edit that pop in your head. You know what else I've done? It's, it's stuff th- where you're like, oh my God, I should talk to my therapist about this because I think I actually have like PTSD from this childhood event. Or two, you know, I haven't seen this shirt in a while and I really, really miss it. You know what I've done? I've done the thing where it's like 3, 3.15 in the morning and I'll think to myself, man, I haven't really heard from, I'll give you a real life example. So we had this guy that is a good friend of mine that used to even call the podcast and stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. his name is Joe, and I'll edit that out later. And 3.15 in the morning, I'd be like, man, I haven't heard from Joe in a long time, so I'll like, go on Facebook to my friends list to see if I'm still his friend. And he's clearly like deleted his Facebook and stuff because he hates social media. But, like, I'll take it personally, like at 3.20 in the morning, like, what did I do? <laughs> when did this I thought, happen? Had, I thought you were going to say he unfriended you. I was like, oh. Um, Sometimes, that, you wow. know, honestly, the, I actually, here's the thing, Allie. Sometimes you have to purge your Facebook friend list. I, mm-hmm. this is something I've talked to Kim about, and this is something that's serious to me, that I really let it upset me more than I should. There are people from prior workplaces, especially, where we're like, we're really good friends at work. We talk all the time. And then I interact with their posts or I like their status. Like I had this one friend named Kara really like bestie of mine at this one workplace and uh you know she actually got married had a had a daughter like i'm liking her, the pictures of her and her daughter like you know saying her first words and stuff and then one day i noticed she's not my friend and i look no she just defriended me and i'm thinking well maybe she just went through a purge but we still have like 20 some friends in common and i'm like what the fuck did i do and you can't exactly like ask her you know what I mean? You can't be like, be like, hi, I noticed that we're not friends I noticed... anymore. I was really enjoying those pictures of you and your daughter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say it in a creepy way, but it's just weird how people will people who you thought were like, you know, lifers of your friends are just I don't know. I've noticed there's quite been quite a few people who I would never have imagined would like delete me as a friend. They've deleted me as a friend. Now, I say that also going to say this. Sometimes I do put the risque post on Facebook. I do know that when that care thing happened, it's I posted this thing about Star Wars and how uncreative like I think here's the thing with her at least she's like a re- really really positive person like she's a rainbow of joy right and I posted this really critical thing about Star Wars because I don't like Star Wars we've talked about that on this show 
But I think yeah. like she took that super personally, maybe, and that's why. Or like I made fun of Star Wars, or I said something insensitive. So like, I don't know. Like I definitely, I am definitely the guy who will not care. Like I, I don't have as much of a filter as I would like to on Facebook, and I do think it's cost me some friends over the years. I got into an argument this last week. If you guys want to know about that, I can tell you about that. That was pretty fun. What happened? What'd you do? Oh yeah, so um. One of my friends, uh, Dave, who's been on the show, you guys have, uh, without, with the exception of Mick, but Allie, Allie has been on with Dave during, like, a New Year's. Yeah, he's the guy that said that Leia, or, like, was asking if Leia's hot before we hired her. Oh, man, what a gentleman. Um, he's got, (laughs) so he put up a, he put up a post about, um, so there is this, like, not a rumor, but there is some, uh, information that was a bit misconstrued, that Biden was passing a law that would allow police to shut down your vehicle remotely. Um, And the idea was, or or the rumor that was out there was like, oh, well, now the cops, if they want to pull you over, they'll just shut your car down. Um, Mm. And that's not entirely true. What was actually, what what that actually was, is they're redoing the system for people who have like DUIs. You know, like, I've known a couple of people throughout my whole life. I used to have this friend, Alicio. I worked with him at this one. I'm not, I don't want to get into his info, but he would have to like get in his car, blow into a breathalyzer, and that's the only way that he could drive is if it knew that he was sober. And if he blew anything, if he had any alcohol, he would actually lose his his driving privileges. So not only would the car not start, he couldn't like even if he had like it was so it sucked for him. But so guess, he put like a, he like mouthwashed and he blew the breathalyzer. No, no, he'd no, be no. Fucked. no. I'm just saying like. That's the system that he had to do. And when I knew him, he was already like five years out of whatever legal trouble he got into. And he was about to have it removed from his car. But I think what was going on with the Biden thing is I think they were like renewing that system. So where like maybe while the car is driving, your car could shut down or something from it or something along those lines. But like the Internet likes to misconstrue information. So the Internet was saying like, oh, the cops can shut your car down. So um I do have a story about that. Yeah, let me just say like why I got into an argument real quick. But yeah, basically he put up uh, sort of the everybody worry this is what the government's doing article, right? And somebody linked Snopes, which Snopes is a really good website for debunking wrong information or, or talking about misinformation. And then I chimed in and I was like, hey, they're also trying to make it illegal for you to open your hood in the future. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's getting really bad out there, which is something they really are trying to do. Um, and it's, it has to do with Mick's favorite topic, which is the right to repair. And I won't say why, but the right to repair is, it's a huge deal with a lot of companies and for the automotive industry, what they're trying to do is limit the diagnostic that your car will have if they go to a dealer and say that like the ability to diagnose a problem within the car's electrical system is the sole proprietary right of the dealer and the manufacturer, not a local mechanic. So it it takes away the ability of a local mechanic to repair your car. And as such, they were trying to pass a bill where you can't lift your hood because anything under the hood belongs to the company and doesn't belong to the owner. So I chimed in and I said something to that avail. And one of his friends jumped in and was like, I don't know who told you that. I don't know where you heard that, but that's not wrong. I've been a mechanic for 20 years and that's not how it is. I'm like, listen, dude, Look at this video. I have sources and I posted just a video of some guy explaining the whole problem in the situation and how there's a battle in Congress. He didn't 
watched the video, but he came back and he's like, well, that video is all just hyperbole. They're not actually doing that. And my entire experience in 20 years, not only has no one ever told me I couldn't open a hood and repair a car, but 99% of mechanics shouldn't be opening the hood anyway, because I'd, I'm in over my head when I'm looking at electronical systems and, and all other mechanics are probably too. And like, I, and this is where I think I lose friends. Cause I went back in there and I'm like, listen, dude, here's a link to the actual bill. It's not hyperbole. This is a bill that's trying to be passed. I'm like, I'm sorry that you don't have, I don't know how I phrase it. I'm like, I'm sorry you don't have the capacity to do this type of repair, but other mechanics do. Competent <laughs> mechanics do. And while it seemed like you were for right to repair initially, I can see that you're, mo I was like, I, I'll, I can read the actual comment if you want, but I, I said something to the, the uh, extent of, it sounds like you're out, out of your depth, depth with even knowing this is an issue as much as you are with actual just repairing of vehicles. And he didn't respond. And you know what? I sounded like such a dickbag. And I'm sure that if it wasn't Dave and it was maybe one of my other friends, he may have defriended me because I was just an asshole to his friend. But his friend was wrong. And I'm going to be the one that's like, hey, listen. Frank, this is why I love you. You're amazing. I'm, I'm the guy that will say this. Right to repair is important to me. And it should be important to everybody. And what sucks is this guy's like, oh, no, this administration, we're for right to repair. And I'm like, dude, we're not in, a, in agreement in Congress. There's lobbyists for the, the, the automotive industry, you know, and then I listed a bunch of different companies like General Motors, like all the big guys, like these guys don't want you to have access to repair your vehicle. They want exclusive rights through a dealership for to repair your car. I'm like, right to repair is important. And I think that's why I was such a dick is because it's something that I'm really passionate about. And like, I don't know. Bottom line, I've lost some friends over the years. Sometimes it surprises me, especially when we still have friends in common. I must, I sit there at three in the morning. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I said, but whatever. Those 3 a.m. thoughts are the best. They're just existential crises. I do just that, yeah. like on repeat. Yeah. Okay, Ali, go ahead. <laughs> I know you had. Um, so this, Okay, the story happened on Christmas Day, but it has to do with turning off the car. Okay, um, this happened in Long Island, and the guy was actually a bodybuilder, like one of those Instagram models. Yeah. Okay. okay. And his name was Dino Tomasetti. So, his parents have a lot of money typical like rich kid throws a fit right his parents have custody of his two-year-old and they wouldn't let him take the two-year-old that day so he decides to shoot both his mom and his dad and then steal his mom's um suv out of town i don't know if it was like a tahoe or something that's okay it was, i don't think it was that like matters. one of the bigger suvs though yeah. um so he shot them and I guess somebody called 911. I don't know if it was like the parents or the neighbors or something, but he led them on a high speed chase. And have you guys ever heard of OnStar? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the car navigator. Yeah. So they were able to actually turn off the SUV while he was in like the pursuit. But they have to have evidence and it's kind of like a really long process like it's not immediate and his parents survived and they actually went to court with him and like paid for oh, his they lawyer got, they got shot and survived then went to court with him and then were okay after yes like i'm like what the 
He just uh, went to court on February 7th. Wow. Do you guys yeah. do you guys ever think that you'll own a minivan in your lifetime? Like would you do that? Okay, no. okay, let me rephrase the question. What if you could own the minivan but you ha you have to call it the Swaggin Wagon? Would you own it then? <laughs> I would have owned a minivan until you added that caveat. Well, have you seen some of the newer minivans don't look like minivans on the inside? Like they're I have a crossover cool. vehicle and I'm pretty content with it. Like even if I had kids, like you could stick some kids in the back of that. I have to say this. So this goes back to when uh, I was podcasting with Jeff, uh, who coincidentally lives in, or he's from Connecticut, or tonight's topic is. Um, I have been renting cars for the last couple of years because I have been trying to build my credit enough to actually finance a car, which I'm eligible for at any time. So right now I'm just like saving it for a down payment. Lucky me. Hurrah. But you guys know I rent cars, right? So like when I was with Jeff doing this podcast, we decided that we were going to take a day after talking about it. And this was back when we were doing Super Bowls. So it's not paranormal. We were just talking about the food in Chicago and he's not a Chicago native. So we decided that uh, he was going to 420 blaze it and then I was going to pick him up and then I was going to drive him around to different food locations in Chicago to try out every single hot dog place we could try. So like we went to Portillo's, we went to Super Dog, we went to Gene and Jude's, we did all this shit and it was amazing. Um, and. We I picked him up in a Chrysler Pacifica. Allie? That's my I dogs. Wazzy, do you have dogs? That's my dogs. Those are mine. Shut that dog up! Shut that dog up! I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, Hold on, let me mute my mic. You're good, you're good. I like how I I went off on Allie anyway. So um I got a Chrysler Pacifica. I rented a Chrysler Pacifica. And uh, even though it was just him and I that thing was so nice, it actually had cameras in the back of every seat and DVD players. So each child that would be in the back of the Chrysler Pacifica could not only watch their own independent movie, they had independent climate control and there's a camera. So the front console had a sixth, like kind of like this Zoom meeting where it's like a split screen for everybody. The Chrysler Pacifica actually had it so you could watch the people that were sitting as passengers in your van. And I got to tell you, it was so nice and I... You know, I don't think I'm the minivan type of guy, but that was a really nice minivan. And I, I don't know about having like one of those old school minivans from the eighties that are gnarly, but maybe something really nice. Like the newer minivans are not nearly as traumatic to drive. You guys want to- Can I say something yes, that I really know. grinds my ears? Yes, please. Since we're talking about, okay. You know how these bloggers and people who take Instagram too serious buy these vans, empty them out, and like try to live in them yeah. while traveling, and that's aesthetic. But when anybody else gets the van and lives out of it, it's like homeless. Oh, Nobody cares about the weird guy living in the van. Like, I see what you're saying. So, like, you're talking about these, like, Instagram people who will, like, pick up uh, an ice cream truck and they'll repurpose it. And then they'll say, yeah. it's my tiny house on the ice cream truck. But if it was a regular person, they would just be looked at as fucking weird. Yeah, it's just like it's the creepy guy in the van instead of, oh, it's that really pretty girl who lives out of the van. Like, 
Nobody's thinking so that. You know what? If a girl like, is really pretty, but she's living out of a van, then it's a game changer, man. I don't know. No, there's a lot. It's it's like a popular thing on TikTok. People renovating vans mm -hmm. to live out of and making yeah. them into like mini apartments. I've seen that. I've seen a lot of that going on. And I don't I personally understand it. Like, I don't I don't want to yuck your yum. If you want to live out of a van, that's your own thing. But like, it's not cool. You're living out of a car. You know, I, and I get it because sometimes, um, I mean, many of us in this generation, with the exception of awesome Mick here, we're not never going to own our own houses. I don't think I'm ever going to own my own house. And honestly, the way that society is moving, we're moving towards a system that everybody's going to perpetually rent things. Like, you know how, like, Netflix is? Like, you don't own any movie, but you're paying every month. Or, like, Spotify mm -hmm. is the same with music. We used to buy our CDs and keep the music. They're saying we're going to go in that route for the housing market, too. So, like, pretty much you can have a place to live, but it's, like, perpetually renting, and you'll never own anything. And that's really scary. So, like, I can see that due to the housing market, people want to do this as an option because mm -hmm. it's so fucking expensive to afford a house. Like, I don't know. I know, like I said, my credit's not great. You know, I have student loans that were predatory, and as a result, like, I'll never, I, I don't want to say I'll never own a house, but, like, it's going to, I'm going to have to win the lottery, <laughs> you know, like. Can I tell you guys something that I found out? Unless you move to Iowa, and then you can buy an affordable house. Okay, you know how the housing market's really bad right now, right? Yeah. So, me and my friend are both looking at places right now. Um separate not together so she told me something that was really concerning so the housing market right now is really bad and you know how a lot of houses right now are being sold for more money than they're worth yeah yeah yep. okay so the bank will give you a loan but only for the amount they appraise the house so then you're stuck paying the other amount. So like, let's say a house is 300,000, but the bank says it's only worth 250,000. You're stuck paying that 50,000 yeah, to the owner or the- That's true. That's why I you didn't have know to, that. I was so shocked. Like, you know, nobody's ever told when me that, that. When that happens, Ali, generally the, what you do is you actually have to challenge the appraiser that the bank sends in mm -hmm. and send in independent appraisers, which is very costly too, hoping that it'll drive that cost down. Uh, it's it's a really big... It's fucked. It's so fucked. It is so fucked. Uh, because here's the thing too. It's not just with selling houses. It's with renting too. A lot mm -hmm. of listings for houses will advertise a certain amount of square feet. But there's no checks and balances, there's no, no logins, false advertising for real estate listings, right? And here's the thing, too. You would think, this is happening in New York, so I watched a whole documentary about this, right? But in New York, specifically New York City, they're saying everybody needs to return to work. Everybody needs to come back from the pandemic, stop working from home and come back to the city. Because New York mm -hmm. City, I'm sure just much like Chicago or anywhere else, the city is losing money from places, offices that are no longer renting because of the pandemic. And if those offices cannot pay their taxes to the city, then the city is losing money. And it's not just that, but it's also like the amount of money that these people are playing, paying for trains, for buses, for whatever, you know, the businesses, all that stuff. So like 
there's nothing in it for the worker. If you can work from home, you should. And there's literally nothing in it for the worker. And here's the thing with uh, the, the apartment market, right? You would think that because there are so many vacant properties. Now, we're talking about the rules of supply and demand. There's a large mm -hmm. supply of apartments, and that supply has gone nothing but up since the pandemic because people have died, people have moved to other places away from cities because they don't have to work in the cities anymore. The amount no. of apartments and rental properties has gone way up. So you would think that following the rules of supply and demand, the price to rent in the cities like New York, Chicago, LA would go down. That's how it works. Availability goes up and the price goes down. But we're so fucked for the housing market that the amount of properties that are available is going up and up and up, but the actual cost to rent or buy is also somehow going up and up and up. And it's creating yeah. this huge bubble. And I don't know when that shit's gonna pop, but man, you cannot fucking, unless you're living with someone and splinting the cost of rent, you're not gonna be able to live in a big city. You know what I mean? Like, how, how do you do it? You can't. Even if you make a reasonable living wage, if you're making 50K, you can, you would barely be able to survive in a one bedroom if you're paying like the uh, the median, which is about a thousand bucks or more. Like, there's just no way you can do it by yourself. Um, I will say that, like, I'll use my, me personally, make a little bit above what you said. And I don't live in a big city. I mean, I live in Milwaukee. I thought you lived in and, Texas. Oh, I live in a suburb, but still. Like Milwaukee, you know, it's not big like Chicago. Oh, okay. I wasn't I sure, I wasn't sure if, you, if you ended up moving to, to Texas or not. My own. Like, but it's just not. You can't afford to live on your own, Allie. I, I know. I can't. Like, it's, it's literally not possible. And I have more than one source of income, you know? You have to. There's no way. It's... There's no possible way. Possible. It's not possible to really live on your own and survive. And if you do survive, it's very difficult to live on your own, survive, and then also put aside money for, you know, exactly. like an emergency or save for a car or do anything. You're like to raise a family. Like if you're living on your own, if you happen to be in a circumstance where you have, a, you know, a son or a daughter, you're fucked. <laughs> in short, mm -hmm. there's no option. You either have to get roommates or live with your parents or live in a big house with your friends. I think that's actually the ticket is to, is to find a bunch of friends you like enough and trust enough financially move into a house together. I, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, this isn't so weird when the older generation talks about the American dream and how it was attainable to get a house. And it was attainable. If you couldn't get a house to live very nicely in an apartment, like pri prior to the seventies, I'm talking, but like you could live in an apartment for really cheap and like, ah, oh, it's just an apartment, but I have Milwaukee. no comment on this topic. Yeah, well, it's okay. okay. Here's the thing, though. The trade-off is you have to live in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's true. You don't, you don't live. So here's the thing. The advantage to living in Chicago or Milwaukee or New York is availability of goods and services. You don't have that because yeah. you're in Iowa. You live in a, in a worker's town, right? So, like, mm -hmm. fortunately for you, you live close to your work. But, like, the con is you don't live close to a lot of things that you might want to do. There's not a lot of museums out there you just got a bunch of kids that are fucking with your garbage on the curb you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they're just destroying like, my property <laughs> i hope you like cornfields well, for miles too like you were saying the american dream and stuff right so chicago's a city city 
you know, it's one of the major cities. Um, I live in what's considered a sleepy city. And Milwaukee has a lot of buildings that used to show what America used to be. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the factories have been turned into apartments. Um, I saw that at one point we had, like Milwaukee had the biggest leather company in the world. Um, and up until like the 60s, they were the largest producing. But it became too expensive to make it in the U.S. And it just yeah. shut down. Like, some of the older things that every city kind of came up on, those are things that are uh, have gone like if you talk about Chicago, Chicago's biggest claim to fame and what really put it on the map is not only where it is geographically, but like we used to be the biggest city for like meatpacking, right? Like all mm-hmm. the beef yep. used to go through Chicago and that's the, the jungle book and all that shit. Um, but like there's other things in Chicago that we used to be known for that we're no longer known for. Like Chicago used to be like a really big chocolate city and we still have some factories that make chocolate. Like downtown and stuff, but it, we're nowhere where we used to be. No, like, it used to be a really big chocolate yeah, town. I, I remember like Marshall Fields used to be like one of the biggest sellers of the chocolate, but Marshall Fields yeah. no longer even exists. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like same thing with Indianapolis. Like that used to be a really big city, and now it's like what? It's like every city's like that. Like Detroit used mm-hmm. to be the the head of the auto industry. Detroit's a fucking wasteland right now. I was Detroit. Detroit used to be the head of the auto industry. Was, now Detroit barely exists. No, I was okay. So you guys all know what's going on in the rest of the world with Ukraine and stuff, and maybe we can talk about that in a minute. Um, we don't have a lot of time yeah. left, but somebody was saying like, "Where in America would you want to be to avoid a nuke?" And somebody was like, go to Detroit, because everybody's going to already think that's a wasteland. And they laughed so hard. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> no, come stay with me in Iowa. No one's going to blow if, up where I if live. If I find out that there's a strike, I'm going to pack up my mom, my dad, Snorlax, and I'm going to pick up Kim. And I'm going straight over to you, Mick. I don't even know where you live. I, I can probably look up your address, but I will, I will head over to you. You're going to meet some people. Kim is going to sit awkwardly with my parents because they haven't spent a lot of time together, if anything at all, and it's going to be... My time is Mexico. I'm getting a new couch tomorrow, so there'll be, like, one spot to sleep on. I'll, I'll take that. Well, actually, I'll give that spot to Kim, but I, I... Listen, if some shit happens... Up in the mountains of Mexico, yeah. where you can't even get to in but, a car. But you know what? Here's you have to thing. walk, like, an hour or two. Here's the thing, Allie. If you were to survive a nuke... Would you really want to live in the desolation that is afterward, where there's just constant starving and suffering and pain? No. I wouldn't. That's like I always say in the zombie apocalypse, I'm going to get bitten in the first wave because it's going to be much more fun to hunt down all my friends than it is going to be trying to avoid them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I thought about asking uh, our best writer, Wazi, to make a statement about Ukraine. But, uh, you know... Our hearts go out to everyone there. It's real fucked up. I think that... I will say, though, that they're present a lot of respect to that man. Yeah. He's a fucking badass. Yeah. I I, I was going to say that, like, it's very rare, and it's only happened Mm -hmm. a couple of times where, like, all of my friends on different sides of the political spectrum kind of come together and agree that something's bullshit. This is one of those times where it's, like, my... uh, conservative friends and my liberal friends are actually like wow this is fucked Putin's a dickhead like 
I think I think that we can unequivocally say fuck Putin. Yeah. I just think mm -hmm. it's so funny that like he's the one invading. But then when they ask him what he wants and like what his terms are, he's like, well, I want them to put their guns down. You're the one invading, dickhead. I don't know. It's just illogical. Can I like, say something else, too? So I've been following the subject a lot and the media is like talking about the sanctions put on Russia, right? Well, I was reading one article where it was like big, bold. The letter said something like gas in Russia is now 4,500 ruble, R-U-B-L-E. Yeah, that's our currency. I did the conversion. It's like $35. The ruble today dropped below one, one US dollar, one cent, one US cent. Yeah, they, they're, they're in value. It used to be more than like, a dollar. This article is making it sound like gas is no, I, I mean, $35 for a gallon of gas is a lot of money. <laughs> no, that's to fill your tank, not for gas. Like, Oh, in that case. But, but the way that article worded it. I think you've got a point in that. No. There, there are plenty of media outlets that will um, mm -hmm. over-exaggerate things. That's definitely yeah. a thing. I've noticed that. Even if you're someone who supports the Ukraine president, I have a couple of friends, and, I, and one family member too, who I think secretly do support Putin, that I've seen on Facebook. I haven't outright said it yet, but I, I have a feeling because of the things they kind of say on Facebook, and I'm just like, are you fucking daffy? But here's the thing. Some of the things that they've said, I'm like, oh, there's been some uh, like uh, blog and media articles where it shows uh, Zelensky in some like combat attire, but they were like, this isn't him right now. This is when he did like a border check in the past. And I'm like, yeah, you know, actually it is. Look at there's the source. So like stuff like that, I definitely acknowledge it, but like it's, it's fucking nuts. You know, it's, I just, I, I know that there's going to be a day where we wake up and he's going to be fucking dead and they're going to, oh like, yeah, without a doubt. I, I know I have a strong feeling that one day, maybe tomorrow, even we could mm -hmm. wake up and see his picture on social media leaked, leaked from the Russians. Here's his fucking dead corpse being like dragged through the streets. Like I could see that happening. I can see that. I don't know. Well, I mean, he's he's target number one for the Russians. They want to take him out because he's a representation of everything they're against. Yeah, I mean, free democratic nation. Yeah, you know, and I used to have a Ukrainian friend. I used to work at this company called Ebound Host, which I've mentioned on this show before. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to work with a guy named Vladimir, and he's a person that I actually thought about reaching out to because he's from. He was old enough to where he lived in the Soviet Union in the Ukraine when they were right. part of the Soviet Union. And he used to talk about it when we were at work. And I fucking loved working with that guy. I learned so much from him. Uh, amazing dude. I think that he was just so fucking intelligent that he came off as socially awkward a little bit. But he was such a cool guy, such a badass. And, uh, you know, that's I've thought about writing to him, but like, I don't know. I kind of shat the bed with that company. Like I left on yeah. bad terms. Here's what, let me tell you what I did at eBound Host. So they're a web hosting company like GoDaddy, right? And I left mm -hmm. because they weren't paying the checks out on time. Oh my God. Um, and there's like a few people I did that to. And so like, I don't know if reaching out to them is a good thing because I did that before I left, but. Part of me also has hope because have you guys ever heard of the Soviet, Soviet Afghan war? 
I mean, I, I know of it. They made a whole James Bond movie about that. Kind of like. Yeah, the, I don't know. The story goes that you know the Soviets had a presence in the desert in like Kazakhstan and stuff, and then the U.S. funded Al Qaeda to fight the Soviets, and then when the Soviet Union fell, then Al Qaeda was powerful, and then we went after Al Qaeda. It's like we shit the bed there as a country. Oh, but I was going to tell you a lot. There's veterans from the U.S. and the U.K. getting together to go fight in Ukraine, right? And it's a three-step process. But this doesn't make sense to me. Um, the first phase is interviewing and seeing if you really want to do this, right? But phase two is checking your credentials. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, why don't you think you would check the credentials first and then interview? Like, Ali, here's the thing. I was I was reading an article earlier that said they're having another meeting about um dis, like voting to condemn it. I'm like, how many fucking meetings is the UN gonna have? Nobody likes what's fucking going on. They don't have to have another meeting and a vote. What are all these things doing? And then even the article is like, oh, this is more ceremonial than anything else. And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Do you think anybody cares about the ceremony about voting to condemn this? And it's like, nobody gives a fuck. There's people dying out there while you're sitting behind, you know, your fucking Zoom meetings and voting. It doesn't make any kind of a difference. I don't know. I, I get upset pretty quick. But I got a couple new drops, so there's that good news. <laughs> Wazzy, are you okay? Wazzy? I think Wazzy's tired. We miss you, Wazzy. Oh, no. I just, I'm not tired. I just had, like, a very shitty week. Um, And I just received some news just now that puts, like, the cherry on top on that shitty week. So I'm just trying my, like, my hardest right now to, like, not ring that said person's neck for them. Okay. Oh, well, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it if it's personal. Oh, no, no, no. It's not about that. It's just like, that's why I'm just like, all right, you know what? That's fine. That's okay. Like You're having uh, a moment and you need you need a second. Yeah. So that's why I was just like, you know what? It's all good. It's all good. You know what? We're good. Everything's fine. We got another, for the time being. We got another 15 minutes left. Wazzy, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? I feel like we've been all... We went political on this. Yeah. I really wanted to not do that, but. No, I mean, I, I feel like this was a really good episode, especially with the way we did go about everything. It so is like, weird because Mick is producing tonight and I don't hear any music, so it just fundamentally seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is music playing. I can't tell if the volume is good or not, so you might get this audio and it might be completely unusable. I'm, so I apologize actually, in no, advance. So I'm actually also recording the audio quite separately, so if I need to fix it or do anything... Okay, perfect. That's we'll, excellent, we'll because I'm like, I honestly can't tell if this is good quality or not. Guys, so earlier when Ali signed on, it said iPad, but now it just says Al. Yeah, that's my other name. How many do you have? It depends on which personality. Damn! <laughs> I'm really I'm joking, but I'm really not. Wow. That's why when you call me a laundry, I'm like... I find that the people who have names like that... like I, Let me tell you something about this coworker I used to have. Her name mm -hmm. is Tiara, right? And Tiara... God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She's she's heard the podcast. You're just filling the tea, man. I don't care. No, he is. Tiara, Tiara used to do shit at work uh, to spite people. 
And then, um, I don't know, like, I'd come in one day, and then, like, I don't know, somebody's uh, drink was, like, spilled at their desk. Maybe that didn't specifically happen, but stuff like that would happen. And I would sit down, like, hey, what's going on? It looks like so-and-so spilled their drink, or blah, 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 blah. And she, like, I'm like, who did that? She's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, come on, you know, you were the first one here in the morning. She used to get there really early. She's like, oh, well, I didn't do that. Uh, Aunt Petty did that. I'm like, Aunt Petty? And, like, Aunt, Aunt Petty was her alter ego. <laughs> Um, and like she used to take it so fucking seriously and then uh there was another person that i worked with who also had an alter ego and like it's a real thing that some sassy women are doing that interesting literally using an alter ego as an excuse i love that for them Wazzy, you're totally checked out. Are you okay? <laughs> I just want to give you a hug. I don't know what happened. I'm just uh no, I'm I'm good. I'm still listening. Um I'm just I'm just like uh I'm contemplating whether I should just like let my like let this pass and just ignore the whole situation or if I should actually like say something about the situation. But no, like in terms of the podcast, we're good. I'm I'm still listening to y'all. I can I can pay. We, we can talk about that. Up to you. Uh, next week, we'll have Nick talking about the Baba Yaga. I won't Ooh. be on. I won't be on next week, guys. That's the first. What's the occasion? It's my anniversary. Um, but Mick is running ah. the show. Mick is actually running the show tonight. I'm not running the show. I apologize well, yeah, in I, advance I, I for the quality. That because I see Late Night Legends on Mick's yeah. screen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, should any of the rest of you get like really good equipment and are able to stream, I'd be more than happy to let you guys produce as well. But as of that right now, that is not something I would ever want. I know it's a it's a lot. No bullshit, it's a lot, and it's stressful. And I think that Mick is learning that it's it's hard to to do it initially. I mean, once you get it down, it's fine. But like, it's a lot to take in at, at the start. Well, that's like when I started streaming on my own channel, just like even just like setting up all the scenes and like getting the audio working with like capture cards and like everything. And you and Frank, you know, I still have issues with my capture cards sometimes just like crapping out on me. I just bought an Elgato. So, yeah. And so sometimes it's just a clusterfuck. So yeah, this is definitely a little overwhelming today. Just trying to manage all the different i've got like 30 buttons programmed on my elgato stream deck i've used none of them basically it's okay i think i think if this all works out fine it should be 100 percent good um obviously it's not a requirement for anyone else to do this so i'm happy that you can cover so i can take a day off or if i need to emergency not podcast you can help me out with that too god that would be so nice oh that would be so nice if if i had an emergency and i didn't have to podcast I remember, you guys remember me podcasting from a Starbucks? Now, if that's yeah, right, I do. That's not fucking I remember dedication. that. That was horrible. Because <laughs> yeah. of your Wi Fi? Hmm? Yeah, because of the Wi Fi. Fucking, that. somebody's getting a fucking Frappuccino in the corner, getting eyeballed because I got this fucking mangly microphone. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You're, you're good for doing that. I would probably bring a jacket and, like, try to stick the microphone in there. <laughs> you know, even though it was fine. The sound quality was 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 ass. It was really bad, and I I'm embarrassed. Um, I never want to do it again. And now that Mick is actually able to step in when needed, uh, you know, 
Setup doesn't have to be perfect, by the way. Like, it's cool if it is, but like, it, by no means do you have to be 100% uh, my setup because you're using different equipment, you know. I'm just happy that you're I able to do it. I think we did good today. I think we also did good. I think we could start closing it up. Are we in agreement that we can start closing it up? Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell if you're playing the closing music or not. That's, that's I just I just hit the closing music that's button. The only thing we got to figure out is how to output the music to the Zoom. Yeah, I have to figure that out. I I thought that it would come through on the Zoom, but for some reason it's not. That's okay. Once you get that figured out, it'll be absolutely perfect. That and the chroma key shit. Yeah. Well, I fixed that. I fixed that on stream. Guys, uh, I won't be here next week, but you'll have Nick. So I think that's a pretty nice trade for you. Uh. His intro song is really crazy. I posted it in the chat earlier. That's actually the song that's going to be the intro for next week. So I hope you like it. And I get to find some way to blend that into like a seamless transition. Good luck. Good luck. I'm still Not sick. To I'm still sick. I'm drinking my Maybe electrolytes. Maybe just the song will be copyrighted or something. It's okay. You know, honestly, here's the thing. So. Fair enough. Closing thoughts. Drink your electrolytes. I got my electrolyte drops here. Nice. Very well, nice. It's like a bottle of isopropyl alcohol. I'm not gonna lie to you. Don't drink it that. It does. It does look like a bottle. No, it's <laughs> literally. It's, a, it's, alcohol. A, it's electrolyte drops. Can you guys? It see even it? has a label. Yeah. It's definitely not isopropyl alcohol. It says concentrated sodium, magnesium, potassium, and trace minerals from the Great Salt Lake. I wish I could read. All right, guys. Who else has a closing thought? Anybody? Teenagers suck. Youths. The youths. I'm really Breaker. salty about them destroying the fun story for the podcast real quick. I put a dresser out um, and put it up on Facebook Marketplace for people, somebody to come pick it up off the curb. Perfectly good dresser. Somebody was going to come pick it up. I had to message them because some teenagers decided they were gonna pull all of the drawers out of the dresser and smash them in the middle of the street like a freaking bomb and then run away like a bunch of little bitches. And then get Emotional, damn it! Sorry, that was me. And then my neighbor, my neighbor from down the alley like scolded them. She's like an older lady and she scolded them and was like, in this neighborhood, we respect people's property. Get out of here. And she like kicked them out of our neighborhood. As she should. Exactly. So I don't like the youths today. They're very annoying. Youths and electrolytes. Ali Wazi, you got anything to close up with? Um, I don't care how bad the housing market is. You do not move into a funeral home. That's good. That's a good tip after tonight. That's a very good tip. I was just gonna say, very close to what Ali's saying. It's just like, if you're gonna live in a funeral home, do it. Live your dreams. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to convert a astro van into a smaller van for you to live in it great do it just research um what the fuck and where the fuck you're living just so that you don't have go rapey ghosts and uh you know pinstripe suited uh slender men you know <laughs> it's like trying to knock off just trying to you know what if you get Make a funeral home with a garage, you park the swagon wagon in the garage, and then you kill yes. two birds with one stone? Unless you have the swagon wagon in a funeral home with the pinstripe man, then that's a different situation. It sounds like the HOA is going to get you. 
I hate that we have an HOA in America. That's a different topic for a different day. That won't that's, be that's a whole other topic. That that's a whole conversation. We'll do a Super yeah. Balls episode. Well, that, imagine living in a haunted house with an HOA and you have to live in your van in the parking. See y'all next week. Nick is good. Yeah, thank, Nick is thank you all for joining us. I'm going to go offline now. Have a good night. Say, say hi to your moms. Bye. I love you. Good night, y'all. I love you more than a friend.